This is the NFL show to be named later. Foosball and whatever you call it with them gargantuans. Starring T.J. Weber, Zach Zook, and Big Web. Brought to you by Bruise on the Balcony. <laughs> Well, what is up, football fans, and welcome into the offseason. Zach, we're back. We are. This is amazing. This is a nice reunion we've had. Uh, going into season two of the NFL show to be named later, uh, but not as the NFL show to be named later. Zach, we have found a name, actually. We have. Would you like to roll that one out? We, yeah. We played around with a couple different things, but we finally settled on something. And I tell you what, if uh, you're a Bruise on the Balcony listener, I'm sure you've heard me and Nick already talk about it. So basically, um, we, we, we talked about possibly making the football show its own thing and kind of separating it from Bruise. But I think with Nick trying to get involved with it as well and Big Web and Zach, who have also been involved with Bruise from time to time, I think we're going to go ahead and keep it under the Bruise name, so this is where we get uh, with the new name that is actually having a lot to do with Bruise on the Balcony. I mean, I think it's a very unique name. I don't think a lot of people uh, would ever expect us to have this name. I mean, this this took hours and hours of thinking <laughs> and all these power minds coming into a conference and saying, hey, what kind of name should we be? So without further ado... The new name is the BOTB Football Show. There we go. So, so the, so the whole drum roll had to do the whole thing, but a very unique name. Uh, shocker, shocker. The, the the board came together. There were a lot of creative ideas that were thrown out, and eventually the board decided that this was just going to be the best one. Just makes more sense. I yeah. tell you what, I don't think anybody would have seen that. Uh, it's a very <laughs> unique name. It's uh, it's beautiful. So BOTB Football Show is officially here, and we are very excited. So that intro you heard, we just wanted to do it for our listeners from last year. We are going to have a new intro. Uh, we are also planning this su- on Sundays during the NFL season, having a live show. Uh, we don't know yet if we're going to have it from a bar. We are trying to currently sell that. Uh, so that is our plan, to uh, have a show every single Sunday. We haven't decided yet. I think we're going to try for 9 to 10 a.m. may go as early as 8 to 9 a.m., depending on what we want to do. But it'll be basically the same show. We may still do a podcast during the week, kind of more of just news and analysis. And then all the picks coming on Sunday. So Facebook Live, yeah. Periscope, Twitter, whatever you may have, we'll be broadcasting and uh, you can check us out. Bottom line, it's going to be bigger, it's going to be better, and it's going to be awesome. So Absolutely. More content and we're I'm I'm so excited. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be the best. Because I I also was saying to you guys too when we first came up with the idea of doing a live show on Sundays, you have a better opportunity to get the listeners involved. You know, you can have the chat room going on. You can have a caller kind of kind of call in and I do like a questions, whether it's fantasy football for you or, you know, whatever it is. Like if yeah. they want to say, all right, what's your pick on this game against the spread? What was your best bet of the day? You know, there's a lot to do with that. So. And how many times were were we doing the show during the week? And we're still probably going to have that show during the week, but this additional show on Sunday now, there's so many questions that we couldn't answer and so much that isn't released until right up before the game that right. now we'll be able to have a show between those two, answer some questions, and help get some better, more relevant information out there. 100%. So, yeah, the live show will be starting uh, probably just week one. We may do some preseason stuff, just uh, more podcast stuff. We still want to do a podcast, again. Again, as as the news kind of of the week changes up, but exactly we won't do the exact same show, so it's not like you're hearing it twice. And now you're hearing the live version, you hear more of the picks and stuff like that. So again, we'll update you more on that when we get closer. You can follow just Bruce on the Balcony again at Balcony Bruce Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we will be having all our feeds, all our videos, all our shows, as it's always been posted on the BOTB 
uh, feed. So should be a lot of fun. Uh, Zach, NFL Draft is coming yeah. up. Uh, we were recording this on Tuesday night, coming up on Thursday. I mean, I feel like we just got done with the Super Bowl, which we literally did. I mean, it's been, what, a little over, I guess, two and a half months. But, yeah. I mean, here we are in uh, 2019 NFL Draft and just... Football's basically back. I can almost taste it. It's so close. Yeah, I mean, it never sleeps. I mean, there's a couple months there in the summer where I go full baseball, but outside of that, and I'm not a big like OTAs guy, I can just pretty much check Twitter to see whose ACL snapped it at a given day. <laughs> right. But uh, the, the, you have the free agency, then you have all the draft and the combine stuff, and there's stories coming out every single day during that whole process. Then you get the draft, and everything's kind of set, and so... Yeah, I'm ready for it. It's it's one of my favorite times of the year. It's definitely my favorite part of the football offseason. As awesome as free agency has been the last couple of years with the resurgence in the spending there, uh, it, it's a little overrated in terms of the of it standing up to the draft. The draft is always where that's where the money's made. Man. Oh, yeah. That's where you can make your team a lot better. And this this draft especially is very interesting um, because to me at least, and again we'll basically get into the entire first round. So what Zach has as an entire first round mock draft, which he has put together. So we'll go through it. You know, there might be some trades thrown around there. There might be some teams that uh, you know weren't thrown around with you know some quarterbacks like Drew Locke or Kyler Murray or you know even a tight end like T.J. Hawkinson. Where's he going to go? He, there's been mock drafts where he's going as early as you know. I think the earliest I've seen him is seven with the Jaguars. He's gone as far as you know, fifteen or sixteen. So I mean, we'll see where Hawkinson ends up. Uh, but Zach will go over each pick. But what we'll do is we'll go through the first five in a row, so you get five good picks in a row, and then we'll kind of discuss the last five you talked about. So um, Zach, before we get into the picks, what are some things that you would like to tell the audience? Whether you know you've had some things in your mind, you've been chomping <laughs> at the bit the last few months, or uh, you know, just just any news that you want to update. No, well, the thing with mock drafts and all of this is it's shit o'clock in terms of the information in the football world. Don't believe what you're hearing. Uh, This past, you know, couple weeks, especially, there's a lot of shade being thrown around and a lot of cloak and dagger action and false stories being reported to the media. And everybody's trying to get the most value out of their pick. And so you got to be careful. Take everything with a grain of salt. And then ultimately, with these mock drafts, they're not they're not going to be all right you know you can't take it too seriously it's just more of kind of what I it's my best stab at how I think it may fall and uh, what teams may be interested in certain picks and uh, yeah then we'll kind of go from there we'll do every five picks and then talk about maybe some mid-round late round guys that you should keep an eye on that could be productive NFL players because it happens all the time you get fourth fifth rounders that become outstanding NFL players Darius Leonard for the Colts defensive rookie of the year was a linebacker second round pick at a podunk nowhere Mm -hmm. so uh happens all the time so again uh zach will also give us some sleepers i believe that he thinks could really make some impacts in round one uh and by the way you know if you are listening to this we will actually don't think that we're just doing one show and then we're going away for the summer uh we're actually doing one i think either next week or the week after we'll let you know on botb uh at balcony bruce pod on on social media but our, our basic idea is to do the draft, and then once the draft's over, once the teams are set, the rosters, I mean, I know it fluctuates, but pretty much free agency is is in full swing, done. The main big changes are probably For done sure. already. Uh, so we'll update and have kind of a pre 
preseason type <laughs> yeah, of show uh, before OTAs and before, you know, all the training camps get into full swing. So, you know, talk about OBJ going to the Browns and, you know, where, where the Giants going to go with the quarterback situation depending on who they take Thursday night. Right. Uh, stuff like that. So it should yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, and ideally maybe we'd, we would have liked to – do the free, free agency happen before the draft, but this is a little more time-sensitive. So, yes, yes. And, and we definitely want to get to all that, so don't worry. We will. It will all be talked about. The takes will be fine. If I know Zach, uh, we'll definitely be taking the reins on the NFL show for sure. Uh, be posting some stuff on OTAs, on the training camp situations during the year. So uh, if you haven't already, if you're just a football fan, if you don't listen to Bruise on the Balcony, that's fine, but make sure you go follow us at Balcony Bruce Pod to see all of the videos Zach will have uh, and, and any of you know updated shows we have during the summer. For sure, yeah. We want to. It's been a point that I know you and Nick have talked about growing the brand and with myself too and uh, girls, girls, girls. Uh, more more content on social media. The more we can get out, the better. Absolutely. Uh, once again, you're always welcome to call in on any take we have. It's 314-877-8597. And in the next show, we'll have kind of previewing the season after you know the draft and everything happens. We're also going to give out some Super Bowl picks. Uh, we're going to do it again <laughs> after training camp, but just for fun. Uh, we may not give out our exact picks, but maybe talk about where the odds are at the moment how that fluctuated throughout the offseason, through free agency, and through the, through the draft. I mean, we could see some changes, uh, whether from today to next week, it could be completely different. So uh, we will update you on that. And once again, just make sure you follow us on social media and uh, get ready for all the updates. Zach, uh, so let's get into it. We Alrighty. have 32 teams here. That's how many teams are in the NFL. I'm sure you know <laughs> that. Um, top five picks. So number one, you have the Arizona Cardinals. Then you have the San Francisco 49ers at two. The New York Jets at number three, Oakland Raiders, soon to be Vegas, at number four, and finally the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number five. What do you have, sir, for your top five picks? So I won't be very surprising with the first five. I think, the well, at least the first overall pick. I think it's Kyler Murray to the Cardinals. Uh, it's been kind of reported the last couple of days. More reliable people have come out and said, you know, they're they're, they're pretty sure that the, the Cardinals have kind of made their decision and they're going to go with Kyler Murray and they're going to move off of Josh Rosen. Now, whether or not you like that pick, keep in mind they have fired their, their old head coach. They've brought in... Uh, Cliff Kingsbury uh, from Texas Tech, which I'm not a giant fan of the hire. Didn't win a ton at Texas Tech to begin with. What makes you think he can, you know, come come to the NFL with limited success at the college ranks? So, but but I think the fit's there. You're right. It's a it's a yeah, new yeah. agey offensive mind with a new agey quarterback. You would have never even ten years ago seen a five ten guy. I guess what he measured at the combine. But let's be real, he's probably like more like 59. He's base, he's my height essentially. You would have never seen that before Russell Wilson, before some of the guys that have kind of broken the mold. Uh I think he goes at number 1. It devalues the Josh Rosen thing a little bit. I think that Steve Kime, the general manager is under pressure from the ownership to get a first round pick for Josh Rosen. They're not going to get no a first way. round pick for Josh no Rosen. They're trying to hold on to him as long as they can to try to get the value they want. I think he at the end of the day he's going to go for a second maybe even a third uh but they're gonna pull the trigger on kyler murray if you believe he's your franchise quarterback i don't care who you got out on the roster and what value you have to eat you need a quarterback in this league and if they believe he's the guy they'll go get him i think go go for it oh no no i was just uh i was gonna recap you know kyler murray obviously um i believe he will be the number one pick 
I don't agree with it, though. I still think this guy is a, a hell of an athlete, obviously. I mean, you know, he had MLB teams, NFL teams, mm-hmm. both just drooling over him, and uh, he's that good of an athlete. But in the NFL especially, um, at quarterback, I mean, height is a big factor. Mm-hmm. And I know you can throw out names like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, but they're not 5'10". Kyler Murray is listed at 5'10". And he kind of reminds me, and I, I don't really think this is – very fair in certain aspects because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. This is all only on-field ability, but he reminds me of Johnny Manziel. He really does. Just the way he runs, the size, and he thought that he could probably outrun anybody in the NFL, and he learned very quickly that that wasn't the case. So, um, Obviously, I think you've seen more of Kyler Murray than I have. I'm very impressed by him. I think he definitely deserves where he's picked, and I'm happy that he's there. I'm happy that he's that good of an athlete and he's going to make his money. Do I think he's going to be a successful NFL quarterback? I don't think so. I just think it's going to catch up to him, and his speed is not going to be enough. And, um, you know, time will tell. But that's just my uh, that's my take on it. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. If I was a GM in the NFL, I wouldn't have the stones to take him. I think it's a high-risk, high-reward pick. I do think he has the arm talent to play in the NFL. But the thing is, at Oklahoma, a lot of the time, he was running a simplistic you know, passing offense for the most part. And he was running around so often, he didn't have to throw it over the line. Right. He was out of the pocket, you know, half the time. Uh, one thing I, I look back to, I think he can, like he has the athleticism to belong on an NFL field, is that game against uh, Alabama. He looked like he was the only guy that even belonged on the field against that defense. And, and he put up points against them, a defense that's going to have a ton of ton of picks here mm-hmm. in the future. So I, I think he's a talent. I would not take him. Uh, that being said, I understand where the Cardinals are coming from. Uh, the next four picks in this top five, I'll try to run through this kind of quick here. Yeah, we, we just stopped. Sorry, we stopped on Kyler well, Murray. Kyler Murray's just because the, that's the biggest story. That's the biggest story, yeah. so. Uh, Nick Bosa to the 49ers, that's another one fairly obvious. If uh, the Cardinals do indeed pick Murray, then it makes the the 49ers' decision fairly easily made, you would think. Uh, they could go Quinn and Williams. They could go Josh Allen. Those, I think, are the, the three really good guys on defense. Uh, how I had it rated kind of as I finished them, I actually had him as the third best player in this draft. So you get him at second, he's the consensus pick for the best player in the draft that's just not how I had it but he plays the most valuable position on defense which is the edge rusher the big concern for him for me is injuries his father who played in the league and his brother both have a history of injuries his father blew out both his knees when he played and you know Joey I think he's missed like 13 16 games already in uh, the three seasons he's been playing at three the Jets I could see them trading down this could be a trade up for a quarterback Uh, but if they stick in there I don't know the thing with the Jets is I don't know if they'll trade down because you're going to get such a good player how far down do you want to go and the teams that need quarterbacks the Giants certainly seem reluctant yet again to take one Mm -hmm. so they're they might take one at six but are they going to trade up for one I kind of doubt it I think they stick there and take Quinn and Williams who I think is the best player in the draft okay Uh, he's he's incredible he's so fast I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Donald but he has Aaron Donald-esque traits when I flipped him on and watched him it kind of blew my mind I figured okay well 
what's the hype about this kid? I'm mm-hmm. probably not going to like him as much as everybody else. I probably liked him more than some people did. I mean, sure. he's, he's so good. He wins off the line of scrimmage with speed, and his hands are outstanding. So I think he's the best player in this draft. Like the Jets will grab him at three. They have a ton of issues on, on defense that they can shore up. Quentin Williams will make, make it easy for them. Uh, the Raiders at four, I have them picking Josh Allen, the pass rusher out of Kentucky. Once upon a time in the fall when Josh Allen wasn't a lock top five pick, I was hoping the Packers were going to be able to get him. That is no longer possible. I think he's probably the safest pick in the draft. If you are in a 3-4 scheme and you need an edge rusher, he, he will not fail. In in the 3-4, you just ask him to rush the passer, he'll do that just fine. Now, just don't ask him to do the stuff he's not good at, which there's not many things. He can rush the passer. I've seen him come off and play coverage and get interceptions, too. I watched him with PFF, did a couple Kentucky games, and every time I watched him, he was just awesome. Mm-hmm. I love Josh Allen. If Quinton Williams wasn't so good, he would have been my best player in this draft. And depending on how you rank defensive interior with the edge, maybe you take him instead. Uh, lastly, at 5... This is kind of where I get a little bit crazy. I think the Bucks will trade down out of this pick. I think this is a trade-up for Cincinnati to take Dwayne Haskins. Ah. So we can talk about this a little bit, but uh, Dwayne Haskins, it's worth mentioning in the last three drafts, there have been 11 first-round quarterbacks taken, 10 of which were traded up for. So... Most of these quarterbacks, you're going to see a trade-up for them. They want to make sure they get their guy. The Bucks and the Jets are two teams that could trade down out of the top five. I just feel like the Bucks are a little bit more realistic to drop out of there. I don't see Gruden really giving up his only top five pick after his other two first-rounders ended up being late first-rounders because he's a dumbass. So <laughs> I think since he will it maybe be frightened enough by the Giants that they may take Haskins to feel like they need to trade in front of them. I feel like whether it's Cincinnati, whether it's, you know, the Dolphins, some somebody else that wants to come up and get him. I feel like this is a good spot for Haskins to go. Interesting. Okay, so top five. Zach has Kyler Murray going to Arizona. Nick Bosa going to the Niners. Jets possibly trading down at three, which I have seen as well, and I, I don't disagree with that, but has them taking uh, Quinn and Williams. Then you have Josh Allen going to the Raiders, and then uh, Zach calling the trade down, the mock draft trade down. It's always <laughs> always tough to do, but uh, going out on a, on a limb saying that Cincinnati will trade up in the spot of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and will take Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, out of Ohio State University. So um, my thoughts on that, yeah, I think Nick Bosa, from what I've seen from him, before Kyler Murray, I, I literally thought Bosa was going to be the number one guy. Uh, yeah. Before Murray became, you know, say that he was going to play football and they figured that out, but even his athleticism, I still thought Bosa could be the pick at one, but then now hearing that Arizona kind of wants to move on from Josh Rosen, which, I mean, doesn't totally shock me when you have uh, a guy who I think is too short but has athleticism like Kyler Murray. Why not take a shot, sell some tickets, see what happens? Um both of the 49ers, I mean, again, because Arizona didn't take him, he's available too. You take him, he's probably, like you said, if not one of the if not the best, one of the best. You said Quentin Williams mainly and Josh Allen, but I think Bosa, if he stays healthy, like you said, he's is an unbelievable player. Unbelievable. Um, Jets trade down possibly. We talked about that, but at three instead. If the Giants don't come up to get him, which I have seen, if they jump over the top of Tampa Bay, who may trade to the Cincinnati Bengals, then they take Haskins at three. Um, I don't know how what they're going to give up for that, to be honest. I don't know how much because they have to jump from six to three, which, to be right. honest, a lot of top ten jumps like that usually don't 
have that big of jumps, and if they do, it's like you know their own pick, another first rounder, and then maybe like a third rounder. So I mean, that, the price is definitely high. So if the Giants are willing to do this, they definitely need to be happy with Haskins. And I also think that they aren't set on Haskins. I don't because think they are either. I, I completely think agree with you. I've heard uh, I read an article today that said they had three different sources saying that uh, Haskins was their guy. Then I had another article that said Drew Locke was their guy, and then another <laughs> article saying Daniel Jones was their guy. So yeah. they literally have no idea. So that tells me one thing. They are reluctant, I think, to trade up. If they love all three of them, it's a great situation for them because they don't have to trade up exactly. I mean, maybe a right. little bit, but you can maybe mess around and try to get above Denver if you love Drew Locke and get mm-hmm. to nine with Buffalo or eight with with Detroit, who I think could definitely trade down. So, um that definitely interests me, but uh, yeah, I agree. Quentin Williams, obviously D-line, uh, a safe pick for the Jets and, and someone that I could see them uh, definitely taking. Josh Allen, uh, again, we you know he heard Zach t- talk about him. I've definitely watched him. He's an, another just, just standout guy, and if the Raiders are smart at all, they'll take him. I don't see why he would drop anymore. A couple mock drafts I saw did have him jumping down. Pretty close to the nine or ten, even, and uh, I'm kind of shocked. You know, Josh I, Allen. Yeah, I've seen uh, you know LSU's uh, linebacker Devin White kind of you know popping yeah. in the top five here and there. Um, he's good. He, he's very good. I just if I see Bucks, Josh Allen being taken there. If the Bucks stick at five, that's probably the pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have a ton of issues. They really need a captain in the middle of the defense, and and he would replace Quan Alexander very nicely. I think Cincinnati with they've hired Zach Taylor. They've moved on from. Marvin Lewis. Zach Taylor, for those that don't know, is the old quarterback coach for the Rams under Sean McVay. They need a new direction. I don't think Dalton's going to get it done. Do you have to take a quarterback? Certainly not. Nobody would be shocked if Cincinnati goes through this draft without taking one. Dwayne Haskins, though, is the he's the home state guy, yeah. homegrown right out of Ohio State. He's a Buckeye. That would certainly help you sell some tickets and usher in a new era. So this is where it gets interesting. Six through ten, Mr. Zook, what do you got? This was the five hardest picks for me to do. This is what I spent the most time on. Uh, it's it's very hard. It could go a number of different ways. And, well, might as well just roll them out. And nothing to it but to do it. So, with the Giants at number six, I have them grabbing Devin White. The Giants' defense was wow. ranked 30th last season. They need—it it, it doesn't matter where you go on defense. If they're not going to get a quarterback and— I don't think they will, with at least not high. Uh, it, it just the tea leaves are reading like that. I don't think Gettleman's going to go out and get somebody. Maybe if there isn't a trade up and Haskins falls to them at six, they think about it. But in this scenario, obviously he's gone. So uh, I have them grabbing Devin White. He can anchor the middle of that defense for them, help them build inside out. You're not going to want to reach for that kind of that second tier of edge rushers. You had the top three in Bosa Williams and Allen. They're all gone. They don't fall to them. So uh, I think Devin White's the pick here. I could see them getting somebody like Ed Oliver in the interior. But you want a high impact position, and middle linebacker in these days is high impact. Devin White runs sideline to sideline. He's the perfect prototypical linebacker. Last year when Roquan was coming out, I was telling people, "Hey, there's this kid from LSU that might. He's even better than Roquan, and it's 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 number forty, Devin White. He is awesome, and uh, I think he'd be a good pick here for the Giants. At number seven, 
Jawan Taylor. He is the first offensive lineman off the board for me. Offensive tackle from the University of Florida. Widely regarded as the best offensive lineman in this draft. They need to help protect their new quarterback, Nick Foles. They want to pound it, too. That's their that's their mantra. So another lineman should help them do that. At number eight, I have your Lions taking Devin Bush. Mm. Uh, linebacker out of the University of Michigan. I will be very happy if he slips to the Packers and they're able to get him. I just don't think he will. He's just like Devin White. I mean, they're basically carbon copy players. Devin Bush, Devin Bush is a little smaller, but I think he's going to go a lot higher than people think. He is the perfect prototypical linebacker. He flies around the field. I, I've watched him probably just as much as anybody being mm-hmm. a diehard Michigan fan. He was my favorite player on that defense, and he is a badass. Uh, pick 9 and 10. I went a little bit out on a limb here for the Bills. Uh, I think that they could do this. They could go defense, too. There's some talented guys on the board. I have him taking wide receiver DK Metcalf. I mm. think he's the best wide receiver in I the like draft. That. He's an athletic freak. He, he's really not the greatest route runner. His best routes are runaway routes. And when I say runaway routes, I mean like the goal route and the slant, the post, uh, where he's breaking away from man coverage. He's going to be super successful in, in those routes. There were times when I watched him. There were two different games I watched where the first play from scrimmage, Ole Miss just threw a go route to him and he caught it for a touchdown. And Bama was one of the games they did that. Uh, it, it was he, He's incredible. He, he's unreal. And so I, I don't think you can go wrong. I've seen his value seems to be all over the board. Uh, I've seen him anywhere from the Bills all the way down into the 20s. And so uh, I, I think at the end of the day, with his combine, with his measurables, a lot of people bagged on him because his stats weren't as good as A.J. Brown. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that he's going he's gonna to be a top 10 pick. Uh, lastly, at number 10, I have the Broncos grabbing T.J. Hawkinson. I think he is probably the best tight end in this draft. He's right up there with his teammate, college teammate Noah Fant. Uh, they're kind of one-two, whichever way you have it, and they're far ahead of the rest of the pack. Uh, he's a two-way tight end that'll block. It's great for inline tight end teams, and the Broncos, they're one of the only teams left that run that old pro style. They want to pound it, play action, throw it deep, and he, he's perfect for exactly what they're trying to do. Well, there you go. So number six, uh, Devin White, seven, Jawan Taylor. Uh, again, sorry, Devin White to the Giants, Jawan Taylor to Jacksonville. Devin Bush goes to Detroit, 9, D.K. Metcalf from uh, the Ole Miss University. <laughs> uh, interesting pick there. I'm going to go over that in a second. Uh, he goes 9 to Buffalo, and then Denver uh, will take T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. Um, going through that, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I tell it, you It's what, out there. <laughs> no, it's Well, honestly, because, you know, and I, I haven't got to watch much of both of them. I've just seen a little bit of highlights, which again, I'm not going to say I'm an expert because I'd like to see, I would have liked to see more of their games. But Marquise Brown, that's the one that they've been kind of saying would be uh, the number one wide receiver. So why yeah. did you put Metcalf over him? Um, I think Metcalf has more prototypical size and athleticism. And if you think about it, Metcalf basically has the stride and the same speed as Hollywood Brown, except the guy's like six foot three and he's just a physical freak of nature. I mean, think like Julio Jones, le- legitimately. I know that's just a lofty, no, yeah, yeah. lofty comparison, but that he has the physical tools if he can develop route develop his route running a little bit better. And even if he doesn't, early in his career when he still has that physical ability, he's just a matchup nightmare. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's interesting. I do like that pick though. I do like what I saw from DK Metcalf. Just in a few highlights that I've seen from him, he just he looks super talented. So, um, Hawkinson pick. I tell you what, before I go to the Denver pick, 
I'm going to go back to the Giants. Um, so let's say your mock draft, we're, we're going to act like it's the real deal. So Dwayne Haskins goes five. So if you're the uh, New York Giants, they also have from Cleveland the 17th pick. So you still have Daniel Jones on the board, and you also have Drew Locke sitting there. So in my opinion, do they at all – so you think that they're going to go ahead and take this pick and then try to trade back up to make sure that no one else steals away one of those two guys? Because there is a chance, and we'll go over this in a second, that Denver can take Drew Locke or maybe Daniel Jones. But it sounds like Drew Locke will be more of the likely pick there if they do take a quarterback. Yeah, so, all right. Now, obviously, neither of us will probably agree with this. I, I don't think the Giants, I don't even think they're dead set on taking a quarterback in the first round. You don't think so? I, I, I don't think oh, I, that they necessarily, if they don't like, I mean, if you don't like Haskins, I haven't heard anything about them tied to Drew Locke at all. I've heard the Daniel Jones rumors, and right. I've heard the Haskins stuff, but it's more common sense. Like, has anybody actually heard from anybody in the Giants front office? Yeah, they like Haskins. They might take him. It's more like, please, Giants, like, dra- draft the quarterback. <laughs> you need one. <laughs> like, you need to take Dwayne Haskins. So, uh, yeah, I think that in this scenario they have an atrocious defense they just take the best guy left on the board interesting okay i like it i do like the pick um i'm just curious I think the if... giants could come out of this draft looking like the the biggest asshats of oh, them for all. sure like i i oh, think yeah. that they could end up going defense defense and coming out of this thing eli's still going to be the guy in 2019 with no odell and yeah with no odell and they're just going to hand it off to saquon nine million times he's gonna just uh, <laughs> i feel so bad for him he's gonna be so overworked it's crazy I, I do too i just i feel like it could happen i have a sinking feeling in my stomach that the giants are gonna do something by like the that. way though fa- i easily will see him be number one overall pick in most fantasy drafts just because of the workload because yeah. he'll be touching the ball literally 75 percent of offensive plays Yeah, and when they drop back to pass nobody's gonna be open so they'll throw it to him too <laughs> unbelievable um so there you go that's his six through ten i'm thinking that the Giants, if if that's an interesting take though, because if you are, and it could be true, if they're not set on any of these quarterbacks, because we've heard the generic thing of oh they like them all. Well, okay, everybody says that, right? But if they aren't set on them and they don't like, it, my my thing is if they are set on them and they do end up taking a guy like Devin White at six, and they have two quarterbacks, but their next pick is seventeen. You still have the Broncos sitting there. Uh, you still have the to me the Redskins sitting there. I mean, you have some interesting picks that could happen mm-hmm. there. So I, I wonder uh, if they would really be rolling the dice. And I guess we'll understand if they are trying to get a quarterback on who they take at six. That's interesting, um, or if they're already talking to somebody about trading up from seventeen. So for sure. Uh, okay, so eleven through sixteen. Uh, Okay, eleven through sixteen. So I I will say before sorry, we move I'm sorry, on, eleven through fifteen. I'm, eleven through fifteen, I can't right? Count. Yeah, no, I just repeated <laughs> it, so I'm worse. Uh, I I think Hawkinson's value. He I had him at ten to the Broncos. Anywhere from seven to twelve is, is I'm fairly confident he'll go there. All those teams need a tight end: Jags, Lions, Bills, Broncos, Bengals, Packers. They they all need one. So uh, I'm I'm fairly confident he'll go in that range. I had him to the Broncos. Wouldn't be surprised if your Lions took him. Uh, at 11, so that's now Tampa Bay's pick with the trade uh, with Cincinnati. I had them grabbing Ed Oliver. I think he's is, you know, the best guy left, basically. Uh, I think they'll be happy if, if this ends up being the scenario because you were going to get probably, what, Devin White at five. You drop six picks. You accumulate some draft capital. You still get a complete badass in Ed Oliver. And people are kind of worried about him. He, now, look, he was the consensus number one pick ahead of Nick Bosa in the summer. Like, before the draft process in this season, he was the guy. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about his stats. He is a little undersized. 
guys. That would be what would concern me the most about him. But from what I watched on him, Houston used him just so stupidly. Mm -hmm. They had him as a head-up zero over the center. He was getting double and triple teamed constantly. And he's undersized for a defensive interior lineman. He's going to be a three technique in the NFL. He's not going to do that. He's going to be playing a different role, which I think will free him up to make more plays. I'm not worried about his college production. I think he's still going to be a stud. I think it'll be a good pick for Tampa Bay if they do that. They've they've had their issues defensively, and he, he could help them. Number 12, this is a nightmare scenario for my Packers who would be considering TJ Hawkinson. They'd be considering Ed Oliver. They'd be considering Devin Bush, DK Metcalf potentially even if he falls to them. But everybody's getting taken up. So uh, they need defense. They need an edge guy. They need a linebacker. They need a safety. I think they're going to get Brian Burns in this scenario who's the best edge guy left. Uh, Burns has the best speed rush. Uh, Probably anybody in this draft, maybe with the exception of Josh Allen. He's a pure pass rusher he might not give you a ton in way of like first and ten second and three you know if you get into run scenarios he might not be as as solid in that and as stout but he is an athletic freak and he's a stud that can come off the edge had great production at Florida State for a team that underachieved greatly at 13, I have the Dolphins taking then Cleveland Furl, uh, another edge rusher. Uh, they are without Cameron Wake, and they're without Robert Quinn. They are both out the door, and that was an edge group that was bad as it was. You lose both of those guys. They need to get, get an edge rusher. They also need a quarterback. So they could go quarterback here. They could take maybe a guy like Drew Locke. Certainly wouldn't be surprised. I get the feeling, though, that the Dolphins maybe have a guy targeted in next year's draft, Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert. Tua, a guy that they see next year to draft as the franchise guy. I don't think they love their position drafting at 13. Or Jake Fromm. I mean, I know he's yeah. probably going to go number one, but I don't know. I mean, To try and find the franchise. But yeah, you're exactly right. The quarterback class, bottom line, next year is better than it is this year. Yeah, so for sure. I think that I could see the Dolphins kind of holding off on that a little bit. They have a new head coach, so they'll have a little bit of time. And I... If they're smart up top, they're not going to one and done the guy. They'll suck next year, hopefully get a really high pick. Then you take your franchise guy, and away you go. And then you'll have a really good defensive player, too. Cleveland Furrow, part of that awesome defensive line for... for the Clemson Tigers. At 14, I had the Falcons taking Greedy Williams. He's the most athletic corner in this draft. He's a physical freak, and he he is more of a projection based on his physical tools than his actual college production. I actually didn't like him that much when I evaluated him. He's probably my third favorite corner in the draft, but here's the bottom line. He's six foot two and he runs a sub five forty. Mm-hmm. And that those things combined, you're gonna get drafted high. He isn't doesn't have the greatest instincts, but he is so physically gifted that he's not even that all that great at football, but yet he's in, in position to make all these plays because he's so damn fast. So I think Greedy Williams at LSU will be the pick for the Falcons at 14. Then 15 for the Redskins. I have them taking Rashawn Gary. I think they'll take the best available player. I don't think they're very likely to trade up they need a quarterback wide receiver an edge and a safety I think they could be in play for trading for Josh Rosen potentially the the clock could be ticking on Jay Gruden another thing to keep an eye out for if for whatever reason the Raiders did something crazy drafted Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins and wanted to trade Carr that could be a little brother trade between the two of them bottom line I don't think the Redskins are very well positioned to get a quarterback either I think they take Rashawn Gary here I actually for a Michigan guy he's out of the University of Michigan I actually don't like him all that much. Mm-hmm. I think he's kind of an underachiever and semi-lazy. Had under
under 10 sacks in his career at Michigan, was the number one recruit in his class coming out of high school. Never lived up to the production. He's still going to be a first-round pick because he has all those physical tangibles, and he's he's very talented, but production wasn't there. I think the slide ends for him at 15 with the Redskins. All right, so at 11, you have Ed Oliver, D. Lyman out of Houston, uh, going to Tampa Bay via the trade Zach had with Cincinnati uh, from number five. Then you have uh, Brian Burns, the edge rusher from FSU, going to the Packers. 13, you got Seeland Farrell going to the Miami Dolphins. Greedy Williams, quarterback, going to the Atlanta Falcons. And Rashawn Gary, the defensive lineman from Michigan, going to the Washington Redskins. Um, yeah, the only thing is I, I also agree with you that what you said at the end there about the Redskins needing everything on offense. I mean, I, I they I got AP still. I mean, their their run game's okay, but they need a receiver, they need a quarterback. So in that instance, could you see them taking best available quarterback like if one of the top 3 is there like I mean, Haskins probably won't be there, but there's there is a chance that Locke and Jones do fall. So if he if either of those two are there at 15, do you see any of those two going? Yeah, and in this scenario, they are available and the Redskins uh, I I thought pass on them I think that yes they definitely could I view them more as somebody tried to get a veteran in there to help they also do have Case Keenum and we both are not big Case Keenum guys <laughs> right but how the Redskins obviously view him as kind of their starter or you know a guy that they can plug in there for a year so again like the Dolphins I don't think that they sense a ton of urgency they at least give themselves a little bit of freedom if they don't like Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or one of the other guys to get somebody else I I haven't heard I think Drew Locke is probably the quarterback they would take at 15 but I I don't know if they're in love with him I for Drew Locke's sake being a Missouri guy I hope he doesn't end up with the right. Washington Redskins. But yeah, I see the Redskins maybe potentially getting Rosen if they're going to acquire somebody hmm. or if the, if the Raiders acquired a quarterback and wanted to trade Carr, I could see the Redskins as a landing spot for Derek. What about Marquise Brown? Is there any chance that he goes there at 15? Absolutely there is. Yeah. Uh, absolutely there is. They have a terrible wide receiver group. They need some help. Uh That's with, a Metcalf, without, if, without if Metcalf falls too, I mean, I know we're going by your status, but I think if... You got two quarterbacks there and Jones and Locke, and then you got Metcalf and Marquise Brown. I think one of those guys is going off the board. I could be completely wrong, yeah. but that's a lot of talent there, a lot of potential talent that they could yeah. take, and they they both they need all of it. So. And, and DK Metcalf's kind of draft stock at this point, it's it's pretty volatile. Like He could go in a number of different areas. Sure. The Redskins definitely being one of them. If the Bills don't take him and the Packers don't take him, I don't see how he's not available at 15 for the Redskins. And yeah, it just depends on who they view. I've seen, I've seen Hollywood Brown, I think, mocked to them a ton. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could definitely see it happening. All right, so there is a 11 through 15, and uh, the next five, sir. So 16 through 20, uh, the Panthers, I think that it is basically a defensive end or an offensive tackle. I think it's one of the two. Uh, I think that they get uh, Andre Dillard in in this scenario. I think they'd like to maybe have Rashawn Gary or Cleland Furl if one of those two fall to him. But Andre Dillard, I think, is going to be the pick uh, for the Panthers. He's the best best pass-blocking tackle, almost said tight end, in this draft, I think Jawan Taylor's the more complete tackle, but Dillard is great. He's an athletic tackle. I think he kind of fits what they're trying to do with McCaffrey and the speedy slot guys that they have to go with Cam Newton. Uh, I think he's a, he's a guy that they can plug right in and will have success right away. The Giants at 17. This could be another spot for a quarterback, right? Daniel Jones, potentially. 
I actually didn't have them taking one here wow. either. Uh, I had them going with Christian Wilkins out of Clemson. Think Akeem Hicks when you think Christian Wilkins. That's the comparison I had for him. He is an absolute badass. He is a hard worker. He is hard-nosed. I think he's kind of kind of be the heir to Snacks Harrison in that defense. You build the defense up the middle, inside out. That's kind of how you build your team, right? And that's what the Giants would be doing here. You get a stout linebacker up the middle in Devin White then you come back you get Christian Wilkins up the middle uh to to stuff the the defensive line so I I don't think this would be the worst thing in the world for the Giants especially if they don't like a quarterback they obviously need a quarterback they need to take the guy of the future or trade for him if it's Rosen but I I just tell you I it's not necessarily what I think that they should do it's kind of what I think is going to happen sure I just don't know if the Giants are going to going to take a guy yeah no, so, that, that could definitely happen. Everybody, like you said, no one has a real inkling that they will. They just think that they should. Everybody yeah. and their mother thinks that the New York Giants should take a quarterback after what Eli showed last year with no Odell. But not, it's not saying they will. It's right. Not, they have not said they will. So, and, and in this scenario, do you like Drew Locke at 17? You could definitely see him, see him going there, right? Yeah. He's still available. He's, I think, the consensus one, next one off the board. I think he's better than Jones and Finley from uh, – uh, NC State. So uh, the Vikings then at 18, I had the, they need offensive linemen. I have them going Jonah Williams, who's the next best one off the board. Uh, he was a tackle at Alabama. He's going to play guard in the NFL, but he can play tackle. He's a nice little swing swing piece. He can help out the Vikings at guard, and if they want to kick him out, they can do that. Uh, the Titans at 19, I have them taking Hollywood Brown. Uh, they need They need some offensive help. Marquise Brown, cousin of Tony Totap, who is now in Oakland. Marquise Brown is a stud, man. He is electrifying. I loved watching him in college. I don't think you can go wrong here. And the Titans get, get a really good player to go with Corey Davis now. I think... Really, what they have to determine now is they got to get the quarterback figured out. I don't think Marcus is their guy. Uh, we'll, we'll see next fall. I think it's kind of going to be his last chance. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Seems like he's hurt every year. They went out and got Ryan Tannehill. I mean, does Ryan Tannehill beat him out at some point? I feel like there's no way we don't see Ryan Tannehill start at least two or three games for the Titans this fall. Hmm. So Interesting. Uh, whether it be injury or right, they end right. up benching him, you know. So uh, I think Marquise Brown's a good pick here. They could go in a couple of different ways, but the Titans, man, they're in a decent spot. They have some ball players on this team. So. Yeah, they do, and they're always sneaky. You know, they're always mm-hmm. that team you think that sucks, but their offense is so like quiet. Like you know, right. they're not to- so explosive, but they just kind of do their thing. The defense is good enough to stop the run, especially. And then you know, you just see them do little things. Not nothing huge. Yeah. You know, you saw uh, from time to time they had. You know, I guess. Things here and there where you would see, you know, three touchdown passes by Mariota, and and you see one random wide receiver, not even Corey Davis, but just a random wide receiver pop yeah. out of nowhere and go off for for tons of yards. Lenny Walker obviously was has been one of the top receivers for a long time as a tight yeah. end, so that tells you anything. I mean, there's a lot of things that the Titans can do, and right, they're they're weirdly very talented. They yeah, are. They're they always are. hanging around. And they'd be a much better football team if you just gave them a little bit better of a quarterback. So I, I could see them maybe going Noah Fant here. If TJ Hawkinson somehow slips to 19, I think he'd be a pick for them. Uh, the Titans can go a number of different ways. Marquise Brown has FU speed. They could use him kind of similar to how Tyree Kills used with the Chiefs. And so then at 20, uh, rounding out this five, I got Byron Murphy, the corner from Washington, headed to the Steelers. They play a lot of zone. Byron Murphy 
if he's a zone corner. He's not necessarily going to be a man-to-man guy. Is a little bit undersized, and he'll need to go to a zone team. Uh, I think that the Panthers could be a team where he goes if they view him as a as a as a more talented option than uh, Andre Dillard. That's not really a need necessarily for them, but they they could grab him. He would be a scheme fit at least. But I think he he'd work well as a as a Steeler. <laughs> Excuse me, so sorry. <laughs> uh, so you got Andre Diller going 16 to the Panthers. You got Christian Wilkins, the defensive lineman from Clemson, going to the New York Giants. Jonah Williams, the offensive lineman, going to the Minnesota Vikings. Marquise Hollywood Brown going to the Titans. And then Byron Murphy, cornerback out of Washington, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, 21 through 25. So the Seahawks then at 21 just made the trade to get another pick in the first round, traded Frank Clark to the Chiefs. They now have picks 21 and 29. At 21, I could see him trading down. The Seahawks trade down a lot. Don't be surprised to see them do that. I think they'll stick in at this pick, though. The value's about right for them to grab Rock Yassin. Yassin has, he has ideal size, speed, toughness, and ball skills. He gets way too many pass interference calls. He's a physical corner. He is exactly the type of corner that they love out there in Seattle, Washington. I think he'd be a great pick for them. I have him going to the Seahawks at 21. Ravens at 22. This was kind of a tough. There's certain some of these teams that you never know what their front office is going to do. Giants being one of them. Uh, AJ Brown, I have going to the Ravens. A lot of people have him as the best wide receiver in this draft. He played on the same team as DK Metcalf. Had better stats than DK Metcalf. I think he comes off the board here to the Ravens at 22. They have long needed an impact player at the wide receiver position, and I think they have enough. Uh, pieces at the other positions that enables them to take a luxury pick on a wide receiver the Texans at 23 I have them getting Cody Ford they have to protect Deshaun Watson better Cody Ford is an athletic offensive tackle doesn't run block the best but they're gonna pass anyways Deshaun Watson likes to move around he needs athletic linemen up in front of him I think that Cody Ford from uh, Oklahoma who played for a scrambling quarterback in Kyler Murray makes a lot of sense for the Texans here at 23 the Raiders at 24 I think grab DeAndre Bay the corner out of Georgia. He's my favorite corner in the draft. He doesn't have the best physical acumen, but he's a baller, man, and he makes plays, and that's pretty much all you need to know about him. At 25, finally, the wait is over. (laughs) I think the Eagles are going to trade out of this spot. They do not have a ton of draft picks. I think Denver is finally going to say enough of this. They're going to trade back into the first round to get Drew Locke at 25. Wow. So Drew Locke, finally off the board at 25. Denver trading up from the Philadelphia Eagles is what Zach is calling for this. So 21, you got Rocky Asin out of Temple going to Seattle. A.J. Brown, the wide receiver from Ole Miss, going to the Ravens at 22. Cody Ford, offensive tackle, going to the Texans at 23. DeAndre Baker going 24 to Oakland, the quarterback from Georgia. And finally, you Mizzou fans, <laughs> finally, Drew Locke off the board at 25. Denver trading back up. To the Eagles to take the big time hurler in Drew Locke. I I like that scenario. I like that scenario for for Locke. I think yeah, Denver could be one of his top places that he could really flourish in. Um, from all the other ones I've I've heard, you know, in comparison to Washington and in comparison to, to Miami too. If Miami did somehow take him, I think I agree with you that they're waiting for next year's draft class. That's going to be just littered with quarterbacks. Just littered with them. So I think that this would make sense. I also think the Giants, even though they got rid of Odell, it says they want to rebuild, even though they got Saquon. 
Drew Locke makes a lot of sense to me in that regard in New York. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if New York does pass on him, I do. I could see him dropping this much. I really could. And uh, Denver seems uh, like a very logical pick. I still am not past it, though, when I've been looking at these mock drafts and really looking at you know where Denver's been picking on a lot of experts' you know boards and also just some things you've heard about with them meeting with Locke and liking Locke. I could see him going ten. I could see him going higher than people expect. Me too. Just, just, uh, just for plainly, just so the Giants don't take him at seventeen, and so that the Redskins don't take him at fifteen, or that somebody just doesn't jump out of nowhere and say we love the arm of Drew Locke with he's got the best arm in the draft and steal him away for a late round kind of trade yeah. up. So. Yeah, and, and quarterbacks go the highest, right? It's right, the right, positions right. of value. It's the edge rushers and the quarterbacks. I could honestly see a trade at 15 happening with the Redskins. To They don't like him. They'll trade back. It's two picks in front of the Giants. You can jump in front of them and grab him there. Mm-hmm. I think that is entirely possible. 25 almost seems a little low for Drew Locke, at least for me. I was kind of surprised I had him that low. There could be a trade-up scenario with any of those teams. I just think that the Eagles are a, a team likely to trade down. It could happen with the Seahawks, too. But, uh... Yeah, at any point, I think, really from 13 to where I have him going at 25, you could see it's going to be a trade, and you you could see him get picked. Absolutely. All right, so let's finish it out. So I'll have you go 26 through 32. All right, we can go a little bit faster here. Colts at 26, they need some help on the defensive tackle. Uh, I have them getting Jeffrey Simmons. He would have been a top 10 pick out of Mississippi State if not for an injury and an off-the-field incident. He had kind of a checkered past, and so it's going to cause him to drop in this draft. He could be a guy. I mean, if somebody says, you know what, F it. We like the guy. We believe in him. He could go very high. Sure. Uh, I think the Colts would be getting, Chris Ballard would be getting another stud here with this pick. It would be a force up the middle for them, and and a team that hit on so many picks last season it enables them to do some different things and they can kind of just take the best guy available which in this case I think is Jeffrey Simmons at 27 and this is the last of the Raiders picks I think they're going to go grab Noah Fant they need playmakers it doesn't really matter what position they play just go get guys that can make an impact on the football team John Gruden please don't screw it up right (laughs) and don't get it twisted John Gruden is making the picks so I think he'll like Fant. Fant is I, the best receiving tight end in the draft. I, you know, TJ Hawkinson's kind of the consensus number one. I, I think Fant's right there with him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there's that big a difference between the two. It, it, within how they play, yes, absolutely. They are polar opposites in their style and what they bring to the table. But in terms of talent and value, I actually think they're pretty close together. I think Fant at 27 is a great pick. He's a guy that the Packers would love to have at 30. I don't think it's going to happen. And they're both from Iowa, right? They're both go to Iowa? Both Hawkeyes. What are the odds of that? Yeah, so Fant is actually a junior uh TJ Hawkinson is a redshirt sophomore, was technically behind him on the depth chart and won the John Mackey Award over Fant. And I I think Fant's going to have a chip on his shoulder when he gets to the league. Oh, yeah, I could see it happening. So then you get to number 28 with the Chargers. I think they'll probably get Dalton Reisner here. He's an offensive tackle from Kansas State. They're probably going to go defensive tackle or offensive tackle here. Uh, If Jeffrey Simmons is on the board, that would be a really good pick for them. They need somebody in the middle because they have the edge rushers and Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa locked down. They could really use somebody up the middle. They could have used somebody up the middle in last year's draft. Brandon Meebane, the guy that they plug and played there last season, he left in free 
agency, so they need a defensive tackle. In this case, there's just nobody that really warrants a first-round pick left on the defensive interior. You could have the second guy from Clemson, whose name is kind of escaping me right now, Wilkins. No, not Wilkins. The other guy. Anywho, he, he's another guy that could sneak into the first round, but I don't think that they'd really t- spend that type of pick on him. Dalton Reisner is a plug-and-play offensive tackle. They do need one, so I think he's the pick at 28. Now I have a line of trades coming. <laughs> I was waiting for them. So uh, at 29, I think the Seahawks, with that pick they acquired, is going to trade back. I think Howie Roseman and the Eagles are going to trade back up right in front of the Packers, who are liable to take a safety at 30 and draft Nasir Adderley, a safety out of Delaware. He's kind of going to go right in those mid to late 20s, early 30s. He's a borderline first-round pick, widely regarded as the best safety in this draft class. Howie Roseman would then do an outstanding job of working the board. He trades out of the first round to give that pick to Denver, but then trades back into it right ahead of the Packers to get his safety. And just keep in mind in this draft, people, it's all about value. If I can get Nasir Adderley at 29, why the hell am I going to draft him at 25? Right. I'm going to trade back, get draft capital, then use that capital to trade back up. We saw the Packers do it last year. They wanted... Uh, the the corner out of Louisville, mm-hmm. uh, Jair Alexander, and they d- knew that they could get him later. They traded out of the first round with the Saints, then they traded back up to get him, and ended up with two first round picks this year as a result. So I uh, you'll see a team do that. Now, of course, we're kind of just spitballing here, but I have Adderley going to Philly at twenty nine. Packers then at thirty, I have them trading that pick to the New York Giants, and they finally are going to get a quarterback. I think Daniel Jones comes off the board at pick 30. That leaves two teams left to pick. Uh, The Rams, I think, will then trade their pick at 31 to the Jacksonville Jags. Jags have an extra third-round pick. The Rams do not have a pick after 31 until the third round. So I think that they're almost going to have to trade this 31 here to get some more draft capital. I think Jacksonville trading into the first round at 31 will take Irv Smith Jr., the tight end out of Alabama. The Rams... Obviously needs some more capital. Jacksonville has to get a tight end. Nick Foles loves throwing to the tight end. He'll be a good security blanket, and he can kind of do a little bit of everything too, can help them out in the run game, and then also brings a ton of athleticism in the pass game. That leaves the final pick, the Patriots. They are all over the place. They're going to trade up, trade back. In this case, I just had them sticking at 32 and drafting Chase Winovich, edge rusher out of Michigan. He is... You know, you, some could argue that he's better than Rashawn Gary. When you flip on Michigan, it's Winovich and Devin Bush kicking everybody's ass, not Rashawn Gary. So Winovich, I think, is another guy that's going to go a lot higher than people think. All right, so there we go. So 26, Jeffrey Simmons goes to Indy. Noah Fan, the 27 from Iowa, goes to Oakland. He got Dalton Reisner, the offensive lineman from K-State, going to the Chargers at 28. Seahawks trading to the Eagles. The Eagles can take Nasir Adderley, the safety, at 29. Daniel Jones goes to the Packers, the quarterback. 31, Rams trade to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They take Irv Smith Jr. Uh, from Alabama. And the Patriots do not trade out. They stay put and take Chase Winovich, from Michigan. And there you go. Real quick, I'll just go ahead and give you the names and I'll give you the team names of who took them 1 through 32 for Zach Sook's 2019 mock draft. No 1.0, no 2.0. He has one. <laughs> He's a real expert. He has one. It's all he needs. They're all going to be wrong. <laughs> you don't know that. Kyler Murray, Arizona goes one. Nick Bosa, number two. He'll go to the 49ers. 
Quinnen Williams go to the, goes to the Jets at three. Josh Allen, Ed Rusher goes to the Raiders at four. Cincinnati will trade up as they will go ahead and take Dwayne Haskins at number five. De- Devin White goes to the Giants at six. Jawan Taylor, the offensive tackle from Florida, will go to Jacksonville. Devin Bush at eight will go to Detroit. DK Metcalf from Ole Miss will go to the Buffalo Bills at number nine. TJ Hawkinson, tight end from Iowa, will go to Denver at 10. At Oliver, 11 will go to the... Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have traded out of five with Cincinnati. Brian Burns goes to the Packers at 12. Seelan Farrell goes 13 to the Dolphins. Greedy Williams, 14. Go to the Atlanta Falcons. Rashawn Gary, the defensive lineman from Michigan, goes to the Redskins at 15. Andre Dillard from Washington State goes to the Panthers. <laughs> Christian Wilkins goes to uh, the New York Giants at 17. Jonah Williams, the offensive lineman, goes to Minnesota at 18. Uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, a 19, goes to the Titans. Byron Murphy, the cornerback from Washington, goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20. Rocky Yassin is from, C- or I should say, going to Seattle at number 21. A.J. Brown from Ole Miss goes to the Ravens at 22. Cody Ford, 23, the Texans. DeAndre Baker, cornerback from Georgia, 24 to Oakland. Denver uh, will actually, I'm sorry, yes, Denver from the Eagles in a trade-up. We'll take Drew Locke at 25. Jeffrey Simmons, D. Lyman, goes to Indy at 26. Noah Fant, tight end, will go to Oakland at 27. Dalton Reisner goes to the Chargers at 28. Seahawks trade to the Eagles as the Eagles will take Nasir Adderley at 29, as we said. Jones at 30, 31, Rams to Jacksonville, Irv, Irv Smith Jr., and then 32 finally again, the Patriots taking Chase Winovich. From Michigan. And there you go. That is Zach Sook's mock draft for 2019. Wow. I mean, yeah. honestly, <laughs> I was uh, I was shocked he didn't have too many trades, but I think I agree with you. The one big trade early for one of the quarterbacks, I think then the rest, the only one I could see, as you mentioned earlier, is the Giants trading up from 17 up to either get Jones or Drew Locke, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think I agree with your late round, late three, four picks. Uh, kind of see that bouncing around. But besides that, pretty uh, pretty clean draft. Yeah, and and I think the big thing for the Giants here is they're able to get two studs, right? And then they make that trade with the Packers at 30, and then they get Daniel Jones anyways. And so they're able to get their guy and still, you know, quiet the haters and still able to to take two defensive guys. So uh, I don't see Daniel Jones really as a first-round talent. If the Giants don't draft him, I don't think he's going on Thursday. But uh, yeah, in terms of the trades, I tried to project them the best I can. There's going to be more, and there's going to be trades at spots we didn't happen we tried to kind of highlight the teams that could trade down or up but yeah the sorry guys that was a lot there's no <laughs> way to do it when it's, it's sensory overload it. uh but yeah got to get through it one way or another um so did i get that wrong so 30 you had the giants trading in 30 i had the giants trading that's back my... up uh at thir- at 30 with the packers to gotcha. get their quarterback gotcha that's my fault i had the packers taking jones i was like wait i don't think he meant that I packers the giants. could take a quarterback they had that rumor what was it last week that they were flirting with taking maybe drew Locke. yeah i heard about uh, that they they could take a quarterback i think the packers in this scenario if nasir adderley their safety gets nabbed i think they want to take a safety yeah so they trade down into the early second they can get a guy like uh darnell savage out of uh, maryland mm-hmm. they can take uh chauncey gardner johnson who and actually is my favorite safety in the draft out of Florida. He's small, but he is a bumblebee, man. He's yeah. all over the place. No running backs in the first round. Josh Jacobs is the one I, I mainly saw in first rounds if there were any running backs. Other than that, it's pretty pretty bare. Yep, not a not a big fan. I, I yeah. not that I don't think Josh Jacobs is good. I just I I'm not a fan of drafting running backs in the first round unless they're Saquon esque talents. Uh 
yeah, I, I just don't think it's a very, very good way to use your value. Sure. Uh, and Josh Jacobs, I don't even think he's all that good. I think that they have a kid at Bama that's going to start next year that was uh, a kid that Najee Harris, is his name, was flirting with a commit to Michigan, and he's played sparingly. Mm-hmm. He's going to kind of get the workload next season. He's badass. I think he's better than all of them. The running back from Penn State that took over for Saquon, he is an absolute stud. I think it's Sanders is his last name. I love I him. don't know much about him, but when I have seen him, whenever he goes to the draft, he's going to be a hot commodity, I think. He's just got well, that he's power. In the, he's in the draft. Oh, he is in the draft. Yeah, he is. I, oh, he's, I'll cut he's that a guy. He, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's okay, because I thought he was a first-round talent, and yeah. he's a guy I really like. He's a guy that'll get drafted in the mid-rounds, that Big Ten running back that'll get drafted in the middle. Jordan Howard, you know, one of those yeah, guys yeah, yeah. out of Indiana went in, like, what, the fourth or fifth to the Bears? Sure. He, he's going to be good, man. He's that a really me. complete back. When I saw him, I thought for sure he was a slam dunk number one. Not number one, but first-round pick. So that that, yeah. that shocks me. He's going uh, I, I think the NFL is missing on him a little bit, too, for what it's worth. Huh. I think that he has more value than what is being advertised. I mean, here on CBS, they have him ranked as what the two, three, four, five. He's the sixth best running back. I'd take him maybe over all of them. Wow. Yeah, it should be interesting. I guess it's all about how they think he'll obviously transition to the NFL. But he, yeah. has, to me, he had the he had the body, he had the speed, he had the athleticism, and he had the strength, and he had like just that little bit of grit you need yeah. to be an NFL running back. He seemed he's, like he had it. He, he has the size. Yeah, I, I love him. I think he's going to translate outstanding to the league. Uh, he, he he's five eleven, two hundred and eleven pounds. He's 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 a badass. He even played. He played when Saquon was on the team. That shows you how good he was. Yeah. He was still able to get on the field and play when Saquon needed a bowl a blow or they went two back sets. Yeah. All right guys, so there is Zach Zook's uh, mock draft. Your thoughts, three one four eight seven seven Eight five nine seven. Zach, do you have any final thoughts for the audience before we uh, wrap this one up? Well, do you want to do you want to go over some of the mid round guys, or is there there's some guys that you're liking in the middle of this draft that are kind of sleepers? I know Emmanuel Hall out of Missouri is a big one. Yes, if you want to go ahead and give some of your picks, and obviously you haven't done mock draft for the other draft or for the other rounds, but maybe bring us up some names that could be late round sleepers for some teams. Yeah, I'll just kind of go through the CBS thing here real quick. Uh, at quarterback, I think the only guy, the guys that I kind of liked, Jared Stidham out of Auburn. Was terrible this year, but he was maybe going to be a first-round quarterback before he had that terrible season with Auburn. I think Will Greer is another guy I'm higher on than the rest of everybody else. Six-two out of West Virginia, just threw rockets all over the place. If he's not on the team, they're nowhere in contention for uh, for the conference and had the success that they had. I really like him at the running back position. We already talked about Sanders. Wide receiver is going to be a huge second, third round. Like AJ Brown might not even go in the first. Nikhil. Harry out of Arizona State is really good. Terry McLaurin, uh, he out of Ohio State is going to be a slot guy. I really love Debo Samuel as a target for uh, the Packers. He's kind of like a Randall Cobb-esque kind of slot receiver. Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State. Uh, they also have the running back Montgomery out of Iowa State, who's pretty good too. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Andy Isabella. There's gonna, there's some really good wide receivers that are going to go on day two and day three. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I mean, it's really deep. They have they don't have a ton of top-end guys. I mean, once you get past D.K. and Marquise Brown, I don't really love the value of those guys on the first round, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of guys that later on will be really good. In terms of the tight ends, I don't think I'd really touch them after Irv Smith, TJ, and uh, Noah Fant. 
Uh, then on then on defense, you have some the edge guys typically go fast, but uh, Jakai Polite was a was going to be a first round draft pick until he he just had a freaking meltdown. Ran like four eight at the combine and then ran five flat at his pro day, Yikes. and then had a bunch of comments uh, in the media during the process. Like he just bad news, but oh, when you get him on the field, he was pretty good for Florida. I like Chauncey Gardner Johnson at safety for Florida. Uh, Mac Wilson out of Bama and Voshan Joseph are some linebackers that are pretty decent. I love the Tavon Coney guy from Notre Dame. So yeah, those are some names to kind of keep keep an eye out. It's uh, so many names and so many uh, you know different details. It's just so much information. Oh yeah, and uh, so it, any it, way too, you know. It, yeah, it go it goes a million different ways because it just takes one team to like a guy. That's and, right. And so it'll be really interesting to see what everybody comes away with. Should be fun, man. Again, uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram at Balcony Bruce Pod. Again, we'll be posting uh, all the NFL content too as we start the BOTB football show officially. Uh, this season, it was we'll be kind of updating you on you know when we have our regular podcast back. Obviously, during the off season, we'll have just kind of you know you know kind of come and go type of content because of it being the off season, no games going on. But maybe when the preseason starts, we'll probably start within you know one week of the regular season starting, like we did last year, and then obviously give you week by week analysis, and then obviously our live show on Sundays, giving you all the picks. Uh, all the spreads, all of our stuff, and obviously uh, the king coming back to town uh, to hopefully uh, I can regain my crown this year. Let's hope yeah, that happens. Reigning champ. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But now that you got you, you know, you got the spread under your belt for one year, I think you're. Yeah, gonna, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if you take the crown this year. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Hey, I, I'm just hoping I'll be more competitive. I was like out of it by week eight last year because yeah, the, spread, yeah. the spreads were not going well for me. So, yeah. so now, yeah, that was my first year betting spreads. We'll do a better job of it. I'll have some more money coming in. Might might put some actual action down on some oh, games wow. this fall. So oh, might wow. pay a little bit more attention to the spreads. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, one last thing. Uh, Montez Sweat, a guy that I'm sure you've seen in a ton of mocks oh, yeah, at yeah, Mississippi yeah. State. I didn't have him in the first round, and he's like a top ten pick. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he has an enlarged heart. Uh, so a lot of teams straight up took him off the board. Mm-hmm. Similar to kind of Maurice Her- Maurice Hurst out of Michigan last year, ended up going in the fifth round. Played with it. He's done great. Uh, somebody if they don't. If they're okay with that, you kind of just trust the doctors on that one. Could go in the first round, but there is no actual example of someone playing with this condition in the NFL. Uh, the closest thing I could find was people like in the British Premier League playing soccer have played with the enlarged heart, and they've been fine. So yeah. uh, he, he could go in the first. If I was a GM, I'm not taking that chance with my first-round pick. I would definitely take a chance on him with a mid-round pick. Oh I, yeah, I just can't put that value in a guy that may never play for my team or that could die on the football field right so uh scary situation yeah it is so uh i I definitely take a chance on him though if the doctor stays okay he's a really good player all right uh any other last thoughts zach before we wrap no yeah i mean sorry guys i know that's wordy none of our shows will not be this this crazy but no uh, it's just it's it's the draft show i mean draft draft is nuts there's so many names so many positions teams schools Stats. I mean, there's so much to talk about. That's why you got to get it out, and uh, that's why we don't do a seven-round mock draft because we'd be here for four hours and be a terrible show after round three. Because <laughs> it's just it, we love football, but my yeah. God, like it's just so hard to do that. You well, know? at a certain point too, it's like, <laughs> yeah, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> these guys. This guy might be good, and he probably won't be. You yeah, know like what I mean, the, like there will be guys, yes, that are drafted there that will become studs, and we'll a hear we'll them, hear about them later. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them will be backups, and they will be guys that come in in November off the bench for injured players, and we're like. 
who the hell is that? Yes, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, great job, Zach. Uh, awesome first round draft. Um, I thought it was very insightful. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. Um, again, you can follow Zach Zook. Is it at? Did you change it yet? It's at Zach underscore Zook. Okay, that, that's yeah, that's all it is. Uh, yeah, if you want to bitch at me about my picks or <laughs> yeah, feel free. I'm 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 ready to have it. We're gonna we're gonna have him post a lot of stuff. Uh, I, we mentioned on Brews, but maybe we'll have it actually posted on his his own. Uh, Twitter. So again, it's at Zach underscore Zook, Z A C H underscore Z O O K. Uh, we'll be retweeting it though from Brews and stuff. Make sure you give him a follow because uh, Zach's going to be obviously our top NFL guy. Uh, me, Big Web, and him obviously all last season had a, just a great time. I mean, great season. It was it was so much fun to you know see the people liking our, our picks and our content, and uh, we have some fun. You know, yeah. today was more serious because it is a breakdown type of show, and we had to break down certain names, but we throw it around a lot. If you haven't listened, <laughs> uh, go listen to a couple last last show from the shows from last year and, uh, and have our, some fun. Our post draft show when we get into more kind of the storylines and the trades and stuff. Is Big no, Web yeah. going to be on that one? Oh, yeah. We'll I get need him to in. hear Big Web's take on Odell Beckham and the whole AB situation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll get him in for sure. Big Web will definitely be in studio for that one. That's uh, 100% slam dunk. Absolutely. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, guys, make sure you go follow us. Uh, it's going to be a great season. We're, we're looking forward to continuing to bring you more content. We're actually going to be adding more to the show than what we had last year. Some more fun little clips here and there and some more bragging right things that we're going to start doing. Uh, sh- should be a lot of fun. So, uh, again, that's at Zach underscore Zook. I'm at TJ Weber underscore at Balcony Bruce Pod on Twitter if you want to go follow us for all of our football updates. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Have fun watching the NFL draft, and we'll see you in a couple weeks.